I vowed me a vow and I pledge this to be. Far will I travel until thou art free. I travel, I travel in search of my heart. Hello and welcome to the Screen Test of Time, the podcast where we watch every movie ever nominated for Best Picture. I'm Susan Araslin. I'm David Daw. And this week we watched the fourth of the 1952 nominees, Ivanhoe. The movie... That asks the question, what if Robin Hood sucked shit? (laughs) In the sense that both this movie has the exact plot of Robin Hood and it sucks, and the sense that Robin Hood is in this movie and spends all of his time going, Ivanhoe, you're so cool. Ivanhoe, you're the best. Ivanhoe, you're definitely more important and better than me, Robin of Loxley, who sucks. What help do you need? (laughs) I don't think I hated this movie as much as you did. Which is not to say, honestly, were it not for the, like, shitty anti-Semitism, it's just kind of boring. Yes. Which is a huge criticism. (laughs) Like, oh, your movie would have just been boring had it not been also offensive. (laughs) But this movie is also sort of what we were talking about in the Quiet Man episode, Where, like, this movie is offensive, and also it's just, it sucks. Like, on a production level, everything else also sucks about it. Like, the fight sequences suck. Oh, the fight choreography is fucking terrible. Yeah. The plot is bleh. There's a couple good performances here. George Sanders, who plays the sort of villainous theater critic in All About Eve is here playing the kind of secondary villain and he's doing great work. But otherwise, it's just kind of like Richard the Lionhearted shit. It's just that Robin Hood shit we've already seen. And I think in addition to the anti-Semitic stuff, which this movie is, again, kind of a rehashed House of Rothschild because it is nominally about how anti-Semitism is bad, but it goes about that by saying, Every anti-Semitic stereotype is true. It's just all those things are good. Right. Yeah. And basically, I think this movie offended me because movies were supposed to be better than this now. They're supposed to have better fight choreography than this. The plot's supposed to be more engaging. They don't even do cast of thousands right. It's like cast of a couple dozens. (laughs) Yeah, they don't even break hundreds. Yeah, like, it is not by any stretch the worst movie we have seen, even in the last couple of years of Screen Test of Time nominees, but it is this feeling of, listen, the bar has been raised, and you just can't do this shit anymore for basically the whole movie. It's also very clear from this film that once movies are made in color, you can't hide a lot of shit. Like... (laughs) Bad fight choreography in black and white, for some reason, doesn't read as badly as bad fight choreography in Technicolor, where it's like, what is this amateur hour garbage that I'm watching? (laughs) Literally, they strike each other a couple times because, one, you can totally tell the swords are like cardboard. Cardboard wrapped in (laughs) tinfoil. 
Yeah. And two, it's very clearly like they took one take of this and then we're done. Because all of the fight scenes end with some big set related thing you can't reset. And so they're just like, eh, good enough. Let's move on. And I'm thinking about the actual Robin Hood that we watched, which was super hokey and very, very cheesy. But the fight choreography was phenomenal. Yeah. And that was, what, like 10 years ago in Oscar time? Maybe not that long. Uh, Pretty close. I forgot to look it up, but like it was a while back. Oh, no, that was 1938. So more than 10 years. Yeah. And is infinitely better than this film even while it was extremely hokey and ridiculous yeah we should do the plot even though it is basically just robin hood with like a weird thing about jewish people (laughs) jewish people in it so richard the lionhearted has been caught while on his way back from the crusades by Leopold of Austria, who is holding him for a huge ransom. His brother, Prince John, is like, I don't care about my brother. And Ivanhoe is the most important person in the universe who's going to save him from this fate. Back in England, because Ivanhoe has found out about this, he um, tricks a couple of Prince John's supporters for Basically no reason. Yes. And brings them to his dad's house. His dad hates him for, in the novel, a kind of sensible reason that the dad doesn't like Richard the Lionhearted. But in this is basically no reason because the dad likes Richard the Lionhearted just fine. And so is basically angry at Ivanhoe for going off to the Crusades like at an inconvenient time for him or something. Or just going at all and losing is kind of the impression that I got. But yeah, it's not terribly clear. (laughs) Anyway, Ivanhoe then goes over to make out with his adopted sister. So that's great. Uh, Yeah, that's not creepy at all. Yeah. Um, And it keeps getting weirder after that. Oh boy, doesn't it just? Ivanhoe pleads to his dad for the frankly ridiculous amount of money, like the Dr. Evil $100 billion style money, except for like the 12th century. Yeah, it's 100,000 silver marks, which I didn't even bother plugging that into anything because that's just absurd. Yeah. Anyway, Cedric's like, no. And then Ivanhoe's like, great, I'm going to free this dog shit jester character so that he can come with me and do more terrible one-liners. And then disappear five minutes later from the film. (laughs) Yeah. And then go visit the Jews because I need money. Yep. (sighs) The leader of the Jewish people in England, I guess, Isaac, is like, hey, I don't actually like Richard the Lionhearted that much because nobody is very nice to Jewish people. It's the 12th century. And Ivanhoe goes, okay, but like Prince John is worse. So how dare you? And Isaac's daughter, Rebecca, the extremely Jewish Elizabeth Taylor comes with all of this jewelry to help Ivanhoe go to a jousting tournament because... Right, like he's not going to win that money there. Right. It's just to prove something? 
Uh, yeah, it is extremely unclear as to what the purpose of that whole thing is. Yeah, basically it seems like it's because this jousting competition was in the novel. Well, and they were like, oh, let's do a jousting competition because that's interesting to watch on film and because we need a reason for what is about to happen. <laughs> right. He loses this. It's like basically then that is all pointless. Nothing happens at the jousting competition except you watch a bunch of jousting and we establish again that George Sanders' character hates Ivanhoe. Also, after doing all this bullshit to keep his identity a secret from everyone, he, like, makes a big deal about revealing himself to Prince John and everyone for no reason? None that I could discern. And then escapes with Robin Hood, who, again, spends most of his time going like, Thank God you're here. I had no idea what to do about Prince John if it weren't for you, Ivanhoe. And then a bunch of Saxons get captured. There's, like, a castle siege that's where all the money went, but is also home to the worst fight choreography in the movie. George Sanders wants to bang Elizabeth Taylor because he's the only intelligent character in this film. You left out something actually, I wouldn't say important, but something about Elizabeth Taylor and what results in right what comes later, which is that she has been taught to be a healer by somebody and so shows up at Ivanhoe's home and is like, I can heal him, adopted sister that he likes to make out with. And eventually does. I'm just going to resolve the love triangle right now because it's batshit crazy and it otherwise doesn't matter at all. Ivanhoe chooses his sister over literally actually Elizabeth Taylor. And the movie makes it pretty clear <laughs> that that's because he's Christian and she's Jewish and there's just nothing to be done about it. Uh, yes, that is that is exactly what I wouldn't even say pretty clear. I would say crystal. Yeah. And she's given, quote unquote, the opportunity to renounce her faith and chooses to not which we're, I guess, supposed to think was noble, but a mistake from the way that it is handled in the film, which is fucked up. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, she was taught healing by a witch, which she does not seem to object to her being a witch at any point, which is wild. Oh, yeah, right. Because she's like, I was taught healing by a blah, blah, blah person. And then the adopted sister is like, well, that person was burned at the stake for witchcraft. And she's like, yeah, but also she actually knew what she was talking about. So can I just do the healing? Yeah. Anyway, after that, because Ivanhoe has revealed his identity, his dad has gotten captured and he goes, I've got a great plan. I'm going to go give myself up in exchange for my father's freedom, who has only gotten captured because of another dumb thing I did. And then is like shocked, shocked to find that the bad guys don't keep their word. Then Robin Hood storms the castle and everybody gets away except for Rebecca, except for Elizabeth Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor is then put on trial for witchcraft as part of, I guess, a scheme by Prince John to convince the people that, like, Richard the Lionhearted is enthralled to the Jews. But, like, nobody seems to go with that. So it just seems like a really stupid plan. The people are there doing their, like, rabble rabble shit. And when Prince John is like, my brother's hypnotized by Jews. Everyone's like, this sucks, boo. <laughs> so. And then George Sanders is like, hey, listen, if you just marry me, Elizabeth Taylor, I can make this all go away. And she's like, 
ew, no. Which, given the facial hair that George Sanders has in this movie, I kind of get. But does all end up being pointless because she doesn't end up with Ivanhoe. Ivanhoe walks into the middle of the bad guy's fortress again to go like, I challenge you to single combat for her, like, life. And Prince John is like, can I evil my way out of it? And then a, like, weird administrative guy is like, no, you just got to do it. There's literally nothing to be done about trial by combat. And they go do a trial by combat thing where Ivanhoe wins, but it also doesn't fucking matter at all because Richard the Lionhearted is back. So basically all that happened is that George Sanders died. End of film. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. And it's not very good. I want to really emphasize that even literal Elizabeth Taylor is not doing a very good job acting in this film. George Sanders is kind of the only one who's doing anything. Yeah, Elizabeth Taylor is kind of doing too much for this movie. Like, she's so much more engaging than Joan Fontaine. That, like, the fact that the movie wants her to be the Baxter is just kind of strange and distracting. She's literally Elizabeth Taylor. (laughs) Right. Have we made it clear? (laughs) I did also leave out a lot of the weird anti-Semitic stuff. There's a weird sequence where Isaac comes in and is like, I have a letter of credit for 100,000 silver marks. And everyone's like, what witchcraft is this? Paper that is money? Hmm, you Jews certainly have a lot of interesting ideas. And then they're like, can you turn all of this stuff that we have here that's also worth money into paper? And he's like, yeah, I I can do that, in fact. The thing that keeps it from being a total anti-Semitic disaster is that all of the Jewish characters are sympathetic. They don't do anything evil. There is no point at the movie where it is like they just sort of are inherently bad. But there is this really patronizing feeling of, well, they're kind of just Christians who have lost their way, but they're really good at money. And it's like, no, God, fuck. Yeah. The whole way that the issue with the ransom is treated. So Prince John is like, I have Elizabeth Taylor and it'll cost you 100,000 marks to free her or else we're going to burn her at the stake as a witch which is specifically the amount of money that they need that they have put together for freeing Richard the Lionhearted. And Isaac is like, well, we're going to send it to the king instead of my daughter because reasons? Which, like, okay, fine. You know, the more noble thing. But it's so glossed over, whereas I feel like if this had been any of the Gentiles in the film, they would have been, like, lauded for the next 15 minutes over their great sacrifice. Instead, it's like, oh, good, he made the good choice. He made the patriotic choice, so he's okay. Yeah. This movie is like, listen, it's understandable that you inherently mistrust Jews, but they're okay. And it's like, No, No. that's not okay. (laughs) (laughs) It It is not understandable that you inherently distrust Jews. Yeah, it definitely has that 1930s, we're quote-unquote fighting anti-Semitism through this mess of stereotypes, but saying, you know, but those things are are good, or at least neutral. Yeah. It's just not a very good movie. And the fight scenes are so fucking bad. I really want to get to that, because in a film where the story is nonsensical to the point of absurdity, but... 
they have thrown in fight scenes because they think that's what you're here for. That the fight scenes are so shitty is just... They're they're worse than the ones in Robin Hood from 14 years earlier. Yeah. Well, the ones in Robin Hood were pretty good. That's true. They're some of the worst fight scenes I think we've actually seen. They really are. There is so much stuff where it's just like, you needed to do another take. Like, there are so many examples of people just like straight up getting in-universe sliced open by a sword and then kind of pausing for a second and then going, I guess we should keep doing it. No one said cut. (laughs) It's just really amateur hour. And they are why there's a real two days away from retirement vibe to the fact that we are like two episodes away from being able to bingle Lance or something. (laughs) This is certainly not the worst film we have ever seen. Everything else we have bingle lancered, I would say, is much worse than this movie. But this movie is just a worse version of movies we've already talked about in almost every way. Even the ways it's shitty, we've already talked about in other movies. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. That it's like, well, we're going to just rehash the same complaints that we have had about other shitty anti-Semitic movies. Yeah. Though I do feel like the ways in which the fight choreography is really bad is new. (laughs) Because we just haven't really had fight choreography that was this horrific. And it's really unusual, I think, to see something that is quite this level of amateurish in a huge studio film. Yeah, it definitely has this feeling of... I mean, if we are in the era of big studio epics... And if we are sort of equating that era of big studio epics to the current era of Marvel movies that we are in, it's that sort of vibe after Iron Man where there were a lot of people who were trying to build out their own cinematic universes going like, oh, that'll be easy. And then doing it and going like, oh, it turns out it's hard. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) This movie's fight choreography is definitely a thing that looked at a cast of thousands movie and then just went, oh, we'll just have 20 people fighting on screen. That'll be easy. And then you go like, oh, no, you actually have to do fight choreography for each of those fights. Even if it's very basic, you do, in fact, have to have everybody know what they're doing because otherwise, just by law of averages, one of the five fights you're doing is going to look goddamn ridiculous every single time you film. You're just never going to have a good shot. So you're going to have to take the one where like the dumb looking fight is the one in the background that you hope nobody looks at. And then they do anyway. Well, and also just, I cannot get over the cheapness of the swords and of the lances. Yeah. Like the lances are so clearly cardboard. It is wild. Also, all of the (laughs) knight's outfits are just straight up Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yes. Oh, oh, absolutely. To the point where I had that thought. I was like, oh, yeah, this is where they got that idea. Let's just have the shittiest looking costume that still reads as this is a knight, but it's like a chainmail hood, but nothing else. Given the timing of this film versus that film, and given that this movie was filmed in England, I think literally they're the same outfits from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. At least one or two of them. Yeah, actually, that would not surprise me at all. 
And Elizabeth Taylor's thing that she wears to the jousting match that looks like a cardboard painted crown that has a star of David in the front of it. God, yeah. Oh, uh, oh God, I forgot about that until right now because it was just so fucking cringy. Yeah. Yeah, this movie is not good. It made me retroactively hate Robin Hood movies I've liked. <laughs> I was like, maybe someone should just never do this story, ever. I, You know, it actually made me like Robin Hood better because it made me realize that, oh, there's a real get in as late as possible, get out as early as possible thing to Robin Hood, right? Yes. The Crusades are boring as shit. I'll just say it. We all know it's true. Robin Hood is fascinating because it is actually somebody going, okay, but this one crusade adjacent thing is actually pretty cool. And really zeroing in on something actually interesting around the crusades. I don't think I've ever seen a movie that takes place in like Acre or, you know, the actual crusade area there's a couple i can think of i'm not saying i'm dying to let me just be clear on that right the reason why you don't it's like watching an evenly matched football game for 400 years they take jerusalem they lose jerusalem they take jerusalem they lose Jerusalem. i mean it's not really even evenly matched sorry my people kicked my other people's ass out of the holy land right like what i mean by it is that like it has the back and forth of a football game where it's uninteresting like a really boring one yeah see i feel like if i was gonna make a movie about a crusade i would pick the fourth crusade which is the one where the venetians went to constantinople before it was sacked by the turks like about 100 years before and they're like, cool, so we did the thing, so where's our payment? And Constantinople was like, we don't really have any money. <laughs> and they're like, cool, but you have all this gold shit everywhere. We're just going to take it. Because that's hilarious to me. You know, that ostensibly like a crusade is about this like high moral, religious, whatever. And they're like, nah, we want money and we didn't get money. So we're just going to rip all the gold off of your churches. I think that that is much more interesting than the... I don't know. I think the sort of two aspects people usually bring to it are either the religious angle where stripped of the religious fervor of the time, you go like, well, that was a super shitty thing to do. And like the militaristic angle where trying to do a military engagement like 3000 miles away from your base of operations in the 12th century uh, is a really stupid idea, because even when you win, you can't fucking do anything. Yeah. Like, even when you win, you lose. Also, washing your hands is really cool. And if you had done more of it, yeah. then you probably would have done better. <laughs> yeah. Instead of just having them be like, we're going to lob plague-infected bodies at you, you non-bathing heathens. <laughs> and by that, I mean the Christians. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's much smarter to deal with a story about how like all that was kind of pointless, which Robin Hood is, than to try and turn it into this weird, I don't even know. The only thing I think is sort of of this era rather than the 38 Robin Hood era about this movie is the weird Christian persecution cosplay thing. While literally persecuting Jews on screen. Yeah. 
instead of Quo Vadis, where it really hits you over the head, this movie's vibes are just Christian persecution because nothing it says about any religion makes any sense when you think about it for five seconds. Yes. It just is like, oh man, it's real tough to be a Christian because Norman Saxon's something racist. I don't know. Ugh, boy. Crusades. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, that does actually kind of sum it up. So yeah, don't watch this movie in case it was not abundantly clear. Yeah, no, this movie sucks too. Two, yeah. I mean, two, one, I, I'm going to actually go with a one. Yeah, you know, it's been a while since we gave out a one. Yeah. We've been giving out a lot of twos lately for movies that maybe deserved a one. And I'm kind of like ready to give this a one because it would be a two without being anti-Semitic. And so, yeah, it's a one. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, don't watch this movie. Next week, though, we have the final 1952 nominee, which is the one that I have most been looking forward to, but not because I think I'm going to like it, which is Moulin Rouge. Yeah, it's going to be a lot, and that'll be a nice change of pace. Yes, there's no way that there's not a lot to talk about, even if I hate it. I mean, we can just do 40 minutes on Zsa Zsa Gabor if we actually have to. <laughs> right. I can vamp on that for a while. <laughs> also, it's John Huston, And, you know, generally, I think that he's a really fucking great director. So even if it has not aged well, I think it'll probably be enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And until then... This was a movie, specifically Robin Hood from 1938, but done shittily. Yes. Yeah, this was the amateur hour, <laughs> 1938 Robin Hood. Uh, goodbye, everybody. Oh, my heart is breaking, Father. My heart broke long ago, but it serves me still. <laughs> <laughs>